Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show, our continuing series on kind of EOS. You know, this is along the lines of it. We're going to talk about core values, culture, which is absolutely critical, and how to market your culture and core values and how to do so much with it more than just hanging on a wall. And our, our guest today is an expert on it, the Culture Fix, start the Culture Fix Academy, and is the founder of CultureZars.com, Will Scott. And before we talk to Will... Don't forget, this is brought to you by StoryCruise.com. If you're looking to improve your culture and excite customers and your team, video case stories, not testimonials, will keep everyone engaged. To learn more about how to collect them, craft them, deliver them, deliver stories, as well as find those experts trained to find the best stories, go to StoryCruise.com slash case story. All right, Mr. Will Scott, thank you so much for being on. Excited to be here, Ian. Yeah, let's, thank you. Let's talk culture and, 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 and the intersection of culture and marketing. Yeah, I love it. And we're going to talk about how to use it in your marketing. I think a lot of people use it. In the, if they use it, they use it in the wrong way at the wrong times, but it can do so much. And we're talking about how to maintain it. I, I mean, it's transformed our business like we talked about beforehand. Yeah. But, well, before we get into that, you know, you, you have an incredible history. You were an EOS implementer, but you also lived in six countries, worked businesses everywhere. Right. Tell me a little bit about your background and how, you, when was that? I want to get your background, but I also want to find out when was that moment you're like, oh, culture, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I actually started my, so I'm an entrepreneur too. Um, and I started my first company in 1999, which is basically a SaaS based supply chain software company. And yeah, I deter, just, you know, discerned our core values and, and, and went quite big with those then. But it wasn't really till I bought into my second company, which was a mobile app development company in 2010. And a couple years into that, um, we'd set our core values, but maybe I'll get a chance to talk about how they really came alive. You know, we had murals on the wall, which I know you do, but the team actually gave me costumes. We personified our values. I was wearing costumes. And the moment probably was I was at dinner and my 17-year-old daughter was able to rattle off all of the values of my company. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And, and so I knew then that we'd really gone a little bit further than most, most employees can't even name their core values. They're just empty words on the wall. Yep. But, yep. So I think that was, that was kind of a, a work and personal moment that really brought, made, made culture such a big thing for me. That's, that's phenomenal. My, I don't think my son knows the name of my company, less, much <laughs> less than my core values. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> um, and so when did you decide that, hey, I need to, well, actually what made that happen? Let's talk about that first. What made the culture more, the core values more than just something hanging on the wall? Yeah, well, it sort of um, happened, you know, little by little. And then suddenly we looked back and we said, wow, this, this is fantastic how this has grown. But um, one little thing that was, there was a, a movement from simply having like most people's core values. You know, when I'm asked to, to work with a company these days, they nearly always show me their core values. And it's just plain black and white text on a piece of white paper that they hope their employees have kind of drunk the Kool-Aid, you know? But we were, we, we played Pictionary at beer o'clock on a Friday. 
4 p.m. was beer o'clock. And um, I had internal artists because we were designing mobile apps. And one day I said, guys, do you think, uh, let's take our core values and see what, what images you would just, you know, sketch for those. And before long, we had these characters, these superheroes, and they were just an awesome representation of each of our values. For example, one of our values was custom clients come first. And we came up with Captain Client, who was this cape-wearing superhero. We had Passionista representing pa our value of passion and energy. And she was also a really cool superhero. So it began like that. And before long, every town hall that I had every week, I was wearing a costume. And we also had a whole language. We could say things like, hey, where's the Passionista in you? Hey, you're leaving at five o'clock? Captain Klein would never do that. And we knew what we meant. So we developed this whole language, costumes. And if I may tell one quick story in answer oh, yeah. to your question, Ian, another defining moment for us in culture at, at the mobile app development company was when my employees came to me. They, they came from the, the design department. We called them the dream team <laughs> because they could dream, you know, if they could dream it, we could build it. They said, well, we need a, a definition, a culture, a process, you know, an EOS, terms, if you like, a, a, a process, a you know, documented process followed by all for how we work with clients. I said, wow, that sounds fantastic. What would that look like? And they came back with this amazing, you know, set of process document about how with the values in there, how to work with clients. And that helped raise the game across the whole company. And it wasn't me or my idea or my leadership. It was coming from them. So that's when one of the great things that happens in a strong culture is people start making decisions the same way you would. And, you know, they really bring it for you and you don't have to do it all anymore. And... You know, a lot of people, if you're not, if you haven't had the success with culture, you don't know, you might think, they might think this is a nice to have. And hey, I've got to worry about sales. I've got to worry about, you know, profits. I've got to worry about systems. I've got to worry about getting the stuff out the door. I don't have time to be wearing costumes. I don't have time to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, having town halls. You know, yeah. that's that's for bigger companies or other companies. That's not for me. How did this affect your bottom line? Well, actually, I like to say that, you know, Develop, going into new markets, developing new products, you know, opening a new warehouse, whatever. That is all high cost, risky stuff that may or may not work out. Investing in culture is a very low cost, huge return when you get all your people on the same page, all, you know, collaborating, living the values. People like where they work, like who they work with, also have a purpose or a why to why they're working. That's just an amazing environment. Doesn't cost much, huge return. And to those folks, I would say you don't have to wear a costume, but I do suggest that every minute or hour you spend investing in your culture will give you a far more significant return. And when you've got that right, the stuff will go out the door far more effortlessly and you'll be hitting your KPIs better. You'll be growing faster and making more money. I mean, and, and I, you know, you don't need to listen, believe me to hear this. So many CEOs who are embracing culture first leadership and it's working mm -hmm. for them. Yep. And I mean, I think it's more important than ever a and us going remotely, but B, we're seeing now, you know, so many people having, I see this having trouble hiring and keeping team members harder than ever. You know, we thought that we had this yeah. big employment problem and yeah. said the employment problem we have is finding employees. Yep. And, and that transforms it, doesn't it? Yeah. Not only finding employees, but of course, finding employees that fit your culture, which I know something, Ian, you do very well at Garlic Marketing is, uh, is screening for folks that are going to, going to fit your culture. 
just so yeah that makes it especially hard but once you get the magic of culture going of course you do end up being a magnet actually for folks that want to come and work for you and it is even possible that you can have you know people waiting in the wings for that moment when you've got a spot for them because they not only want to do great work but they want to work somewhere that feels great and that word feeling we got to start talking more about that Ian you know because that's ultimately all kinds of definitions of culture but for me it's it's about the feeling you have when you're working with your with your mates in the company and people want to feel good and 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 they're getting less tolerant about you know putting up with bad work environments so yeah but again create a great culture that's then you're easier to be a magnet for talent yes a hundred magnet for talent and, and the right people too. I mean, like you said, it all yeah. starts to click. The work is better because they're thinking the same way. And, you know, before we get into it, because I want to talk about, you know, marketing and yeah. growing your business with core values, as yeah. well as, you know, how to adapt. I'm not going to get, I don't want to ask you a bunch of questions about how to do this because you have the culture fix Academy and that's at the culture fix dot Academy. We'll put the link in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, the links down below. Thank but you. Let, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that and your book, obviously the culture. Yeah, fix. Actually. So, so, so seeing as you mentioned, mentioned the book, you know, the, the, the Academy is based on what I call the nine deeds in 90 days that are talked through in the culture fix. Having core values or culture definitions is just the beginning. And um, it's often the exciting, the fun part. One of the things that's unique about the way we do culture is merging graphical imagery with the core values and putting a core purpose on that core chart, as we call it. It's often an exciting, fun part, but I always keep hammering home to clients that, okay, now the work begins because you don't want this just to be empty words on the wall. You need to make sure they are alive and thriving and being used to drive your performance. And that's really what the Culture Fix talks about is how to maintain a great culture once you've got your cultural definition. And that's one of the fun things about EOS. You know, EOS is a f- fabulous system. It helps people determine core values, but it doesn't really, you know, go much beyond that. And that's where I find my program uh, and a lot of EOS, people using EOS, you know, do adopt the culture fix for really uh, expanding their, their culture fix program. Yeah. And yeah, make sure to check it out. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, I haven't looked into the pricing, but obviously it's, you've done a great job. I It took me, I think, five years of serious work, figuring out core values and culture. The stuff didn't really, it was like, Hey, you need a good culture. You need, you know, 10 years ago when I started the business, none of the stuff was there, but I realized this was so important. It took five years. And unless it's like a million dollars for the culture fix Academy, which (laughs) is probably what it cost me not doing this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, if you if you're not doing this, make the time to do it. Make it one of your quarterly rocks because it yeah, is I, it's right. so important. And as I think you just highlighted, Ian, one of the things that I think people don't know is well, how? Yeah, I want a great culture, but how do I genuinely have a great culture? And so um, that's what I you know managed to figure out leading my own companies. And so when I sold my set the mobile app company, my second company, that's when friends started asking me, Hey, Will, can you come help me with my culture? And that's actually how I got started in this with this third company of Culture Czars and now serving that content up online with the Culture Fix Academy was just friends who are other entrepreneurs saying, hey, come and help me with my culture. You wouldn't believe, Ian, how many entrepreneurs don't actually enjoy working in their own company anymore. Isn't that crazy? Oh, and yeah. it's usually because there's a couple of bad apples in there that don't make it fun. And so, yes, part of what we we, we do is assess the, the current employees, unhire the unsavory ones that are making the whole thing taste bad. And then, of course, look for help them screen or hire employees that are going to be a great asset to the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned price. 
pricing, if I just, if I may, listen, it, it's right now we're actually inviting founding members in the Academy because it's brand new. We just launched this month and um, it's just, it's $299 a month to be, be a founding member and get access to all the content that, that I have proven, you know, c- can really work and help enhance cultures. And we do measure it, uh, return, but you can measure our culture very much so. And I'm committed to that. And for example, I worked with a company recently in Minneapolis. We measured their core, did their MPS score in their culture at the beginning of the project. And Ian, it was a 66.7. Pretty good, actually. And I find often companies that uh, invest in culture already have a good culture. But by the time we were done, that was 88.9 NPS on the culture score just five months later. Wow. So you really can measure culture and um, these things really do, do work. So... My name is Gino Wickman. I decided that I want to start to put great video content out to the world. And so the goal was one great video every week. And and so I was introduced to Ion and, and that's what brought me into this video world and got me embracing this video world and having a great strategy around putting videos out to the world because there's so much more than just shooting a video. And so the way that he positions those videos, optimizes those videos. He's done a great job. I'll tell you, you're, you're dead on. I've been at that point where, you know, I didn't like my company, hate it. You know, it was like, I wasn't like, I didn't like coming to work today. And I was, and you know, it took me a while. I was like, is it sales? Was it what we're selling? Is it clients? Which I think it was all of that, but it all came down to the team members. And it, it wasn't that they were necessarily bad. They just weren't the right ones. And, you know, that probably took five years off my life. So what's five years off your life worth? (laughs) (laughs) I've never been so stressed in my life. So Culture Fix Academy, make sure to check it out, the culturefix.academy and the Culture Fix book. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, once you get this in place, and, you know, a culture definitely, you, you, I'm sure you talk about internalizing it, but how are you using it to, in your marketing? How are you using it to grow your business? How are you using it, you know, to grow your team? Like you said, attract yeah. the right people. Tell me a little bit about, about that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So, um, gosh, this is exciting to think. About. So I, I'm going to cover talk about at least two things. The first one is uh, figuring out your why or your core purpose. You know, in the chat before, and you mentioned Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And so one of the things I do help with clients do is their core purpose. And lots of people think they've figured out their why. But when I dig in a little bit more, what they're actually have got is a what. So I find that in people's why statement, the keywords are, the two keywords are so that. So this is what we do. Okay, but why? So that, and that's the impact you have on the world. And that is often not, of course, about the company or the company's client, but often about the client's client. That's often where the why is really found. Why do I mention this has been important in marketing? Because actually that can also be an amazing tagline. If you figure out your why for your client's client or figure out your why in general, that can be a real connecting tagline to your key audience. So I mentioned that as one very direct thing. Culture or having a why or a purpose to why we work is is so important, especially millennials, especially post-COVID. We care a lot about the way we spend our time and we don't want to just do a job. We want to do a job that's making a meaningful contribution to the world. Figure out your 
why it's great for your employees can be great if it's also a tagline for connecting with your with your clients. That, that's the first thing. The second obvious thing I would like to say about working with a culture first mentality towards your marketing is aligning yourself, your business with companies downstream, customers and vendors upstream who who align with your values. And I'll, I would love some of your listeners, Ian, to, to kind of go through their, their customers and give the customers a little rating against how they those customers line up with their core values. And of course, won't be a surprise that they'll find out that their best customers fit very well with their core values and are probably easier to work with number one, which is likely to also mean they're going to be more profitable. So when you're picking your customers, you know, look for that. So um, I hope that's a couple of sort of tidbits around culture, the intersection of culture and, and marketing. Yeah. And I I think, you know, I, I agree with the, the culture statement that you said, like, you know, finding, I love that finding customers that fit your, your culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to gloss over this because you say it more profitable. And I think it's such high level, but what are the the ways, and I, I have a pretty good idea, but I want to hear from you. What are the ways that you become more profitable when your your customers line up with your culture? Well, so I mentioned the fact, I think that the key thing is that they are easier to work with, right? So there's less friction in the relationship. Those customers accept your pricing better. They they communicate better, right? They, they they respond more quickly, perhaps. One of the most frustrating things for a lot of companies is when, is when the customers don't respond and they don't help me help them, you know? So I think response times can be better. And the way that they that their employees interact with my employees is better. There's more creativity there. There can be less fear in the relationship, which is definitely, fear is a real, you know, that'll, that'll kill creativity uh, very quickly. There's less clock watching. You know, there's all these good things that happen when you are aligned with a, with a company that has the same values as you. And all that, you know, reduction in friction makes it an easier relationship. And like I said, I do believe that's then awful. So there's going to be more profit follows. And when there's new opportunities, the creativity between those two teams that are working, they ups, they look for opportunities to upsell and do more work together. So mm-hmm. th- that's some of my experience when, and you know, the opposite is also true, right? Yeah. Companies that complain, don't respond, complain, you know, don't like your pricing, pay late. That's all high friction stuff. And I bet you they don't line up with your values. And those customers should probably be unhired so that you can go and work with more clients that fit your culture and make your whole life easier, you know? Yep. Yeah. And you spend more time with those customers that don't yeah. fit. Right. And, and to, you know, I think one added bonus, and it's more than a bonus. I think it is a huge profit center is your customers that line up with your core values and your culture. I've found they know poor people that line up with your core values and your culture. And guess what? They refer yes. you more customers. That's they right. talk about you. Yeah. And, you know, and they're willing to do like those case stories that we talked about and do videos uh, uh, and help you out, help you grow your business. So you talk about long-term value that just becomes exponential. Yeah. By the way, you know, I was very interested to check out your website and see that you do do these videos for your clients. And I wonder uh, how, how many of your clients are asking you to do culture videos for them now? Because I find once people have discerned their core values, yeah, they've got the poster on the wall, maybe in a EOS terms, they've got the core values speech figured out, but why not make a little video about that that helps the world see what our culture is like and of course works for new employees and all those kinds of things. Is that is that work that, that, that you're doing? Oh yeah, we do that. So, you know, first we start with customer stories and we help other videographers learn that, but also, you know, 
that about about us is the second most used page on your website. Most people don't, yeah. you know, spend much time. They don't realize that. But if yeah. you look at it, people go to your homepage, they learn more about your services. And I like to start with why I like the idea of it. But when it comes to business, people are looking, hey, do you solve my problem? When they finally figure that out, they're like, okay, do I like you? They go yeah. to the about us. And that is the perfect place to be putting your core values. So you weave that into a story of how you, you your core values will serve them. Yes. And guess what? We've seen huge increases. People are able to charge more people, like you said, happier with their business. Now, most of our clients, you know, I would say 50% have not been through your process. I think they are not as defined in their core values. So it's something we have to pull out of them. I'm going to be sending them the culture yeah. fix book, but uh, you know, it's, it's, but to your point, this is such an opportunity to engage clients at such a different level, at such a different level. And when you guess what, you become a friend yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about us page. Cause I've <clears throat> happened to be looking at one for a company this morning. And most people have, at least if, if you're in a service business, right. They, they have pictures of your leadership team with a bio. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my God, weren't we doing that in the nineties? Let's yeah. I mean, a video today, it's video, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, a video, but a story. Right. Yeah. Story. Yeah. I mean, I read. Some, I read these bios. I'm like, it's a CV. I, I people I'm hiring. I don't even read their CV. I'm. I'm. You know, in the resume, I'm asking about their culture and who they yeah. are as the, at their core values. Uh, it is such a huge opportunity that you know, line up your culture and then start marketing with it. And it's it's the ultimate differentiator, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It really is. And I'm, I'm reminded about another way of bringing culture to the marketing process because you know one of the Sales tools that we talk about in EOS actually is is the proven process and how that helps show the customer what is what to expect when they start working with you. It, it's it's a huge it's a huge kind of thing in terms of taking away any kind of fears that I might have or understanding about what's it going to be like working with you. But what I like to do is take that proven process. I call it the core workflow at the academy and your values on there too. So uh, now when you're talking somebody through that, you can say, so in this part, you know, we've got our value. This is where teamwork really comes into play. Um, in the sales process, we're all about integrity. We're never going to sell something that, that we can't deliver, you know, and our sales guys live by that. And you sort of weave your core values into, into that pitch, if you like. It really, really is starts to help people understand who you are and how you work. I love that. I didn't even think of that before. And you know, it's funny because process video is another one of the videos that we spend a lot of time telling people to do. Oh, right. Uh, because it, we started putting in a process tab on websites and it came close to the about us tab, if not tied with the most used because people think that we know they, they understand our process. And yeah. But simply going, we do this, 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 this is not as intriguing as like you're saying, weave your core values into it, yeah. and why you do it this way. Yeah. And that can easily be an animated uh, chart too, kind of rather than just sort of boxes and arrows, animate it, put your values in there. And um, yeah, it's a more, more powerful tool for sure. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So you're going to transform our process a little bit today. <laughs> Fantastic. So we talked a little bit about building a team and it's harder to build a team now more than ever. How are you using the culture and core values like you talked about to market to find 
team members? What are some of the techniques that you can do, use to do that? So, you know, if one of the what's one of the first things a prospective employee, if they're thinking about applying for that opportunity, you know, at your company, and what's one of the first things they're going to do? They're going to go to your website, aren't they? And, and mm -hmm. check you out. And so maybe it's on that about us page that we were talking about, but it's something that helps show what it's going to feel like to start working for that company. So often a company has a certain look and then we get on the other side once we're in the company and it's and it's not what we saw. So um, being genuine, being authentic, videos are great at doing that. Having people just telling the story, you know, existing employees telling the story on video about what it's like working on the inside. If, if that really is a genuine, trusting, safe environment, then when I'm looking at those that I'm getting a feeling for the culture before I apply, once I'm on the inside of it, assuming I'm successful, the company I believe is going to reflect what I saw. And that's what I want. I want it to meet my expectations, not, not be something completely different. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I mean, exactly. Because I mean, that's going to cause for very unhappy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, in the interviewing process, I think it's really important that the final hurdle, so you may have your, what your screening processes are, but the final hurdle, you let that employee just go out to dinner, that prospective employee, go out to dinner with some of their peers. And, you know, the question you ask your peers the next day is, would you have that person on your team? And that's a good idea. Yeah, because then it, then this sort of makes them think, oh, you know, yeah, well, do I want to work closely with that person? And that's where the, the sort of values, you know, thing's going to kick in. So I like that. And then one of your screening procedures, of course, should be behavioral-based questions that are looking for the behaviors that the applicant naturally is going to display. And uh, I love to use company stories, the favorite company stories from folklore to craft those behavioral questions. So, you know, there was this one time when it's five o'clock on a Friday and they had a commitment to a client. So people stayed late and kind of, you know, to, to get it done or whatever that story that everyone remembers when everyone rallied around and everyone from the CEO to the you know junior intern were all there kind of, you know, getting it done. Uh, maybe whatever the story is, capture that story capture the values that were displayed there. How does that sort of link to your culture? And then use that as a behavioral question for the applicant. And of course, your, the right answer is what actually happened, or at least one right answer is what actually happened. So anyway, however you do it, behavioral questions that are based on stories from the folklore within the company uh, will help that, you know, that screening process. That's it's not perfect. It's not easy. But the more you do it, the better you get at that. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I mean, if you think about that, what you just described is dating, which we should do before we get married, which is hiring an employee, right? Take him out to dinner. Yeah. Take him to meet the family. What does the family yeah. think of him? Yeah. And then, and then swap stories and say, you know, how do you, what do you think about this story? That's, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's phenomenal. I, yeah, I also encourage that encourage the use of 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 my tool, the core score, against your cultural values, but also you can use it for applicants. And so, three or four, or five people met this applicant. All do the score independently. You know, what does this person score for collaboration? out of three what do they score for uh and, and it's just because it's 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 objective we're, we're asking ourselves you know or, or, uh, or subjective what, what would they how do we think they would behave but how do they you know rank for those different things and again if five of you all scored a certain applicant higher across four or five core values that's likely much more likely to be somebody that is going to fit than somebody that isn't. And it just takes that, that, so the core score takes that, what otherwise can be a gut feel thing, forces you to put a number on it, 
gets five different opinions, that can be really, really insightful. Wow. I love that. I love that because we use it internally here to, you know, to coach yeah. people, but I love it on the screening process, having a scoring. That's but right. I, I didn't even yeah. think of that because I was like, oh, what you know, we, we ask questions about that, but that scoring idea is genius. It's genius. That it, and man, that's phenomenal. I've got so yeah. many notes now. I got to yeah, go. Works. I'm, I'm going. I got to go get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about, you know, we've got the Culture Fix Academy. We've got your book, but you know, what's, you know, if someone wants to work with you, someone wants to hire me, like, you know what, I, I just want Will. I want, I want to work with Will because I want him to get this done. How, what's that like to work with you? Well, so over the past couple of years, that has been absolutely my, you know, that's been my career, really. That's been what I've been doing. And, and I can tell you, helping companies with their, with their culture, Ian, I don't need to tell you this. I'm sorry, I take that back, but, <laughs> but you can be sure it. It's, it's joyful work and it's very meaningful work. You know, you're really, you're dealing with people's feelings. You're, you're getting into under the DNA of people. And unlike some, you know, business systems, this is not just going every 90 days, you know, for a day and then come back, you know, next quarter. I find this is, this is work where we get embedded with the client for long enough to be able to observe and notice what's going on. Sometimes they don't even see what's going on. I remember uh, one of my clients has got a uh, children's development business in Chicago. And just by observing her, I noticed that she used to say things like, you've got this, you know, talking to a kid who doesn't want to, who's got autism and doesn't want to make that leap. You've got this, you know? And so we actually put, you got this was ended up being a descriptive behavior for one of their core values. And some of their other folks would say that little things like that, external observers can help cat. Wow. There's this language. You've got this. Now I know lots of people say that, but at this company, it's different. We made it a part of their cultural definition. Now everyone that gets hired up is talked through the core values, you know, and is talked through the you got this or the win, 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 or the have fun, all all descriptive behaviors from from her core values. And um definitely helped just make their culture and you know very, very successful. So anyway, that's the kind of work I've been doing. And just like I told you, so all this work has led to a bunch of case studies and it's sort of proven in my process and kind of knuckled it, you know, really, you know, you know, honed, I guess, honed the process. And now what I would like is other folks to be able to do what I've been doing. And so um, we have this role of an actuator. Actuators are trained, you know, culture fix consultants, if you like, or coaches that can go into companies and do what I do now. So that's what the Academy is really doing. It's enabling other independent consultants to take to their clients a proven culture fulfillment program. And I call it culture fulfillment because we're not going in to figure out or stamp or dream up or we're going in to fulfill the culture that they have and make that, you know, positive thing that they can build on. And it's so important, so yeah. important. And, and it, it's, it's invaluable. And, it, it, you know, you can try and do it yourself, but if you've been in business four or five years and you haven't gotten it right, it's going to take you two, three years more. And if you get it at all, and it's going to, you know, this is obviously a way to accelerate it. Yeah, absolutely. Work with an actuator for, for, for three to four months and you can go through all, get, get all the pieces done. And all the pieces means you're doing surveys of employees, interviews of employees, surveys of customers, interviews of customers. We begin with that. Also do a health checkup on the, on the company culture. Then start through, through a workshop, about one workshop every 90 days for, for three months. We go through discerning the core values, adding the imagery, getting into things like the interviews that we talked about. What are the screening 
questions, how to course score, how to measure your employees and applicants. What's the why or the core purpose for the business? All these pieces get knocked out in that sort of four, four month period and it ends with a launch. We launch the culture and then we do a post launch survey and then we do that sort of prove and improve cycle every 90 days where we're um, helping, you know, just fine tune and make sure that the company is still keeping the culture, you know, first and foremost. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It works great. And I'm looking forward to ha having some of your listeners maybe reach out and talk, and talk to me about the Culture Fix Academy. I, yeah, I hope they do. I mean, it, it's, it makes so much sense for so many people. For any business, if you don't feel like your culture and core values are really, like you're saying, actuated, like really yeah. put into place and driving your bottom line, improving your company, building a company that you love, you got to do this. Otherwise, yeah. your life's too short, right? And all the money in the world isn't going to make you happy if, you, if you're miserable at your business. That's right. That, yeah, that's, that's true. So it's not just the company, of course. The CEO often is just after this huge sigh of relief when they just start to feel how things are going differently. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like I said, it's very rewarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smiling and be happy when you walk into work. There's little better than that. You know, I mean, obviously there's the family and personal side, but we're spending so much of our time at work and even if it's virtual and we didn't really even get into that, but I guess we'll have to have another conversation sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Will, so we go to culturesours.com, theculturefix.academy. You can look yes. up the culture fix on Amazon. It's available there and all the formats. Yep. And uh, where's the best place to follow you? and connect with you personally? You know, um, whichever format you like. Uh, LinkedIn, I mean, I'm active every week on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. So yes, any of those. And, and the culture czars, spelled C-Z-A-R-S, uh, they'll find any of those. The Culture Fix Academy assets are, are, are is not there's not much there to see yet. We're just so we're so new. But um, the, the two companies are very closely linked, so there's there's lots of content there. Uh, YouTube as well, of course, lots of videos on YouTube. My little, you know, tidbits about about culture are, are also posted there. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah. we'll Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been an incredible conversation. Yeah, thank you, Ian. I've enjoyed it. And uh, good luck. And it's, it's great that you're embracing culture within your own company and that you, your tools can help companies improve their culture via the videos that, you're, that, that you can make for them. So it's great stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank you all for joining Will and I. Uh, this has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access 
to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 